there are few guarantees in life paying taxes being born and every monday being here with us on the sports bar it's your favorite barman kibbs and i'm joined with as always drew yeah so uh don't forget to follow us on our social media on instagram it's at the sports yeah, bar me <coughs> who's whispering my voice is hoarse i have a cold <laughs> yeah, as um, always on facebook the sports bar on Instagram is at the sports party. Yeah, which I'd said if you hadn't interrupted me, because yeah, now. So let's get into this. Let's do this. So, so on this Monday the 7th, where do we begin? Uh, let's get on with the recap of what happened over the weekend. Yes, we have the world Formula 1. And a lot of NBA, so it's going to be on the start with. Let's go with Formula 1. Oh man, it was an interesting weekend. Let's start off with... A very eventful race. First of all, it was in Azerbaijan. Uh, street circuit. Yeah, it's a street circuit, but unlike the one in Monaco, it's a very quick uh, circuit. Very, very fast few, and yeah. very long, very uh, fast streets. Things looked like it would be a recap of uh, the Monaco Grand Prix, actually, with Ferrari being the presetters during free practice. And no, also... I don't, I don't think everyone... Had you right the what? The place setters, surprisingly, wow. were Ferrari, the Scuderia. And uh, during our free practice and also into quali, we saw a lot of uh, mistakes being made by the drivers, uh, especially at turn 15. When where, was it? Uh, yeah, during qualifying on Saturday, we had, was it four red flags? Three. And it was all three, yeah. at uh, the 15th <laughs> corner, though Dan Ricardo's was at the third. There was a lot of miscalculations, tires not getting into temperature, locking up. So if you it, didn't watch the entire weekend, you missed out. Yeah, well, Leclerc was on pole again. And yet again, with him being on pole, there was a red flag. Only this time, it was teammate Carlos Sainz and Yuki Sonoda who crashed out, forcing a red flag in the last minute of qualifying. Now, what that meant was Max Verstappen was unable to finish his time, which was looking quicker than what... Uh, like Leclerc had said. That, that was a heck of a lap by Charles. It was. Uh, Mercedes struggled yet again. Through with, the entire weekend. Yeah. Through the entire weekend with them qualifying with Hamilton. Yes, did come back and qualified in third. But uh, Bottas could only do a tenth. He was intense <laughs> after giving uh, Hamilton a serious toe. The only reason Hamilton was able to finish that high up mm-hmm. was because of the toe he got from his teammate. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... So that's now Saturday. That's your Saturday. That's Saturday. Now let's, let's get, get into, into your Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do we start? Well, Leclerc was in the lead, as we said, in pole. He started in pole, yeah. he lost his position within the first two laps. laps. Yeah, two yeah. laps into the game. Here. Yeah, Hamilton took back the lead. Then Verstappen and Perez got by uh, Leclerc again by the eighth lap, setting it to be the usual suspects in the league. Now... If you were like uh, most people, you watched the first 26, 26, 27 odd laps, the first 30, half. Yeah, yeah. 30 something. You, you'd have thought, oh, it's the usual shit. Mercedes Boring, yeah, Mercedes. They messed up their pit stop, allowing uh, Red Bull to have a 1 2 with Vettel in the lead temporarily before he went into the pits. Vettel in the lead. Yeah. And then. When was the last time you heard of that? And then everything changed when <laughs> yeah. Lance Stroll decided to attack. <laughs> we can't really blame him. Yeah, there was a serious crash from Lance Stroll in the main street, the start-finish line, where his left rear tire got a puncture and he slammed into the wall doing uh, 200 miles an hour, something That's close to that. 320 to 330 kilometers per hour. Yeah, so he crashed out, causing a safety car to be deployed. And then we got to a restart with the usual suspects. Yeah, we... 
got a red flag. Yeah. No, that was a yellow. It was yeah, just yeah, a safety car. Yeah, safety car. Yeah, and which, then we got the race start. Where... Which meant uh, the Red Bulls were in one and two with Hamilton in third. Fourth, we had uh, uh, Charles Leclerc. And fifth was Pierre Gasly after that. And sixth was a man we all know well very well, Seb. Yeah, now, after the restart of the safety car, Sebastian Vettel with the fresh tires took third position, just, oh no, fourth, just behind Lewis Hamilton. And then it happened. Verstappen crashed in the same position as Lance Stroll. Leading the race, Max just went boom. Yeah, again. His tire also. Left it, rear tire. Yeah, left rear tire. So, same spot, almost the same spot as Lance. Yeah, now, uh, the race wasn't supposed to be red flag originally. There were two laps left. It was supposed to be the safety car to just lead the cars into the last two laps. However, the team principal for Red Bull, uh, Horner. Christian Horner. Yeah. yeah, he said uh, there was no indication of the tire failure and for the safety of all the drivers, uh, the FIA should red flag the race and allow all the teams to change their tires for the final two laps, which the FIA obliged, bringing the cars in. Now, this was what was funny about it. Out of all the teams, the only car which had a set of fresh soft tires was Aston Martin. And that paid off because mm-hmm. at the end of the race, oh, well, Lewis Hamilton at the restart, yeah, we <laughs> had a, We had a standing start at mm. the restart after the red flag and where we... It was only Hamilton, two laps, but we saw a lot of drama within the two laps. Hamilton's brakes were smoking from the moment he pulled up to the grid. Yeah, they so were literally smoking. And uh, when, uh, when, when the lights he, went off, he got he a better made a move. Yeah, he yeah. got a better start than Perez. It looked like he's going to win the race, but he couldn't break in time for turn one and locked up, went off the track. Meaning, and ended up not scoring any points. Yeah, and uh, th- that made the podium very interesting. We yeah. had. Sergio Perez with his first team, first win for the new team Red Bull, yeah. his second of his career. We had a 122nd podium for my favorite driver, Sebastian Vettel, and Pierre well Gasly. deserved props, yeah. And, and Pierre, Pierre Gasly, Gasly yeah. rounded it up, holding off Charles Leclerc in a tight battle for that third position in the last two laps. It yeah. was, I mean, it was insane. Anything could have happened. Now, what that meant was the two leaders in the championship both scored zero points. Though the bigger pain yeah, was with for Max crashing out and Lewis um, locking up and finishing in 15th. But I think the biggest pain was for Mercedes because Bottas also was outside of the points. He finished in 12th. So they didn't score any points this weekend. No points for Benzo. Now, what that meant is in the Drivers' Championship, we still have Verstappen in the lead with 105 points. We have Lewis Hamilton in second with 101. And we have a new member in the podium position in third, Checo. Perez takes third with uh, 69 points just ahead of Lando Norris. Now, where the biggest move was, was in the drivers' constructors. Yeah, the constructors' championship. Red Bull are in first now with 174 points. Benz are in second with 148. Ferrari are in third. Let me just say that again. Ferrari are back in the podium with 94 points just ahead of McLaren with 92. Yeah, I think McLaren have had a couple of Shit races. Uh, the last, uh, apart two from races, Azerbaijan, yeah. the previous two races, uh, the second driver, okay, I don't know if he's the second driver. He should be the senior, Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel hasn't really got a Yeah, he a still hasn't adjusted to the car well. Yeah. So he's been finishing out of the points and it's really coming back to haunt McLaren. Yeah, what a weekend we had in Baku. Yeah, and now the next race takes us to, Fran- to France, yeah, the French Grand Prix. Yeah, French Grand Prix. Yeah. That's so, an, interesting, an, an interesting fortnight that, to wait for. That was one of my favorite races of the season so far. It reminded me of the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix of yeah. last season. 
which was also just as unpredictable and we saw Gasly win. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just one of those races. But I think the highlight for me was seeing uh, Seb back on the podium. I wish it was a win. I really, when I saw him leading the race, I was like, stop the count. And then, uh, but it's still good to see him in second. Yeah, so... Oh, and make sure, and Nikita Mazepin, your favorite driver, finished ahead of Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> anyway, I went from Formula One, which was very dramatic. Mm. In other dramatic news, we also had the NBA going on through... Let's not talk about Last this. week, <laughs> through mm, the weekend, still going on through this coming week. So... After the first round of the NBA playoffs, we have a couple of very, very huge surprises. <laughs> so, yeah, in the previous series, we had um, the Blazers going up against the Nuggets, the Lakers going up against the Suns, uh, the Clippers going up against the Mavericks in a trailer, which went all the way to a game seven, seven. Yeah, which was concluded this morning. And, yeah, so the surprises are that the defending champions of the National Basketball League the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, Dennis Schroeder. No, no, Should I you're, mention you're them just all? rubbing it in yes. now. Like, it just they, are, they are at home watching basketball on TV. I mean, this was the <laughs> first time in LeBron's 18 year career that he's been knocked out at the first round. Guess what? By who? Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Which was so deadly, deadly Like the last two games between the Lakers and the Suns was just so boring. Yeah, so. The, the game five, uh, we saw AD didn't play. He yeah, he got out. He got a and then he injury. forced himself to play game six, and still he struggled. He couldn't even play. He was play. more of a liability than a left after the yeah. first few minutes. Like it, it was just a bad weekend, and it's not the only team that went out. We saw yeah, the, so the Suns... semi-finalists, all four semi-finalists of last season's NBA playoff. All of them are home out in the first because round. Because we also say Miami Heat they went yeah, down, and they went down that one I actually box. called. Yeah, so. What happened is this. So the Suns advance like, uh, at the Lakers' behest. I love saying that. Uh, to go ahead and play against the Nuggets, who actually won their series against the Blazers as well. Trailing uh, game seven. Oh, yeah, something else that was funny is all the actors who, all the NBA players will be in the new Space Jam movie. All of them are homo as well. Don't so LeBron, Dame Lillard. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the Suns advanced to play against the Nuggets in the second round, the Western Conference semifinals. And then the other game, which saw the Clippers and the Mavericks go on uh, game seven. Monze Luka. And Luka. Kawhi Leonard. Pozingis, Muna Niuwa. Muna Niuwa. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George came good with the LA Clippers dominating the last two games of that series <laughs> and running out... Uh, Three, four, three winners at the end mm-hmm. and advancing to the next round, playing against the Utah Jazz, who got rid of the Memphis Grizzlies very early. Yeah, Donovan yeah, so. came back and became the magic bullet. Yeah, so Western Conference semifinals are set up with the Suns going up against the Nuggets and the Jazz going up against the Clippers. In the east side, where we've already had a few games for round two of the NBA, the mm-hmm. semifinals. Where the Hawks had a, the round one, the Hawks were going up against the Knicks and they knocked them got out. Got rid of them. Mm. The Sixers were going up against the Wizards and got rid of them. Yeah, Westbrook and the Beale just want to enjoy life. Yeah, giving us a matchup between the Hawks and the Sixers, which 
has already started. That's the Eastern Conference semifinals, mm. and the Hawks lead that series one nil. They exactly. won the game this morning. No, I wouldn't well. count out Philly. I mean, Joel Embiid yeah. was really good. It was very tight, and and Hawks were lucky to win because it ended lucky. up. They just it was a four point. Shots. It was a four point game. But they hit their shots yeah. at the end of the day. In the other game, which is. A disappointment to me, honestly, because this should be the Eastern Conference Finals between the Bucks and the Nets. Mm. First and foremost, the most important thing that came out of this game was that James Harden got hurt 43 seconds into the game. Pulled a hamstring 43 seconds into the game. So uh, left the game. <laughs> left the game 43 seconds in, but the Nets ended up dominating the Bucks and yeah. beating them by... Actually, the player of the game was, and I'm shocked I am actually saying this, yeah. Blake Griffin. Exactly. He scored he 18 a, points and 10 yeah. rebounds. He had to, a double-double. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. He dunked all over the box. So. And, you know, you'd think, oh, Giannis is going to come through. He's going to save us. Where? But it's a seven-game series, as you said. So let's yeah, wait. No. So in that series, the Bucks lead the Nets 1-0. So we're going into game two tomorrow morning. I mean, in that game, it's going to come down to who can get the most points more consistently. When it comes to a team like the Bucks, yes, they play well, but when it comes to only having one man who can get a lot of points against a team like the Nets, where you have three, four players who can get triple doubles or even double doubles, it's not a fair it's, fight. It's the a only matchup team, nightmare, honestly, the only for teams, the Bucks, but they have a proper lockdown defense. So. Yeah, but the only teams that could beat the Nets are all at home. <laughs> Like, the, like that's the biggest problem. This is starting yeah, to look honestly, like it's if, going to be a walkover. Yeah, if the they end up winning the this series against the Bucks, I don't see them having to because they'll have to go either against the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Hawks. Yeah, and then and in the West side, the only team that can pose a major challenge is, is basically it? the Clippers. Yeah, and the Clippers aren't gonna make it past the Jazz. Yes, Paul George and Kawhi came good in the last game of the series, but. They're not consistent I'm liking, enough. I'm liking this. We had weird uh, predictions throughout there every now and then. Well, look, but you know moral what? of the story. <laughs> I'm just some gonna, of them are right. <laughs> I'm just going to flow with them. So, yeah, that's what's been happening in the NBA scene as well. So, keep you updated as we continue into the playoffs. And, yeah, that's, that's Let's it. have a conversation on our social media. Follow us. We can post some of these things and t- see your take on it. Yeah, tell us or, what you think yeah, as well I mean, on Instagram. At the Sports Bar KE and, and on Facebook, the Sports Bar. Yeah, so we'll do it a bit different this week. The next segment is called the Euro Special. Yeah. Because in that time of the year where we have some international tournaments coming up, and we want to tell you about them. So let's Stay do tuned. that in our next segment. So in this segment, which we call the Euro Special, Mm-hmm. It's because it's because we have the UEFA Europe. What eh? UEFA Europe? Are you high? It's the UEFA Euro Championship. Yeah, it's the basically the Euros where the top teams in Europe go head to head. Actually, international teams. The top teams in Europe, the top countries in Europe, go head to head to see who's the who's the best of them all. Yeah, and now, this is including everyone you might think about there. The defending champions are Portugal, if you remember the last time we had... Beating France with a fluke goal from Edda. Yes. Anyways, but what was interesting about this year's... Uh, it was supposed to happen last year, first of all, but COVID happened, so it was pushed to this summer. Yeah, so and now it, we're about to get into it. So and we're in there are more teams. We're in 2021, yes? Yeah. And we are hosting Euro 2020. Yeah, so it's a year late. Yes. And uh, actually, this is the first one with more teams involved. Yeah. I believe... How many are they? Yeah, with the 
with UEFA having teams now. Yeah, I think so. With UEFA having played around with the format of European football, mm. we're going to see a lot of different things because even the Euros are not being played in one specific place as we're used to. Yeah, it's it's going spread to be around, yeah, countries. it's spread around Europe, so different games in, in different countries at different times. So. But the one which most people are concerned with, <laughs> let's be honest, are the semis and the finals, which will both be played in Wembley. Yeah, at Wembley. Yeah. In England. So, uh, so why don't you? Breakdown? Yeah, why don't we give you a breakdown of who's participating in the Euros and what to expect? And yeah, let's start it off with. We have how many groups? Six groups. Six groups. Let me start. Six groups. Off. Each have uh, four teams. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lindsay, you wanna tell us who's in Group A? Well, Group A is actually looking to be quite an entertaining team. We have uh, okay. This team has won a World Cup more than once. They've had some of the best talents in world football but they're always known for their stoic defenders we have italy yeah who are back in a international tournament for the first time in a long while a very long time yeah Roberto and... mancini has mentored a very young and good looking team yeah, it's... i'm an italian fan from very young age. yeah but i mean the problem with the, the only problem i see with the side comes through in the defense again like it's time to get they have a lot of, of the... experience but no yeah. legs yeah, I mean, it's good to have Chiellini and Bonucci there just as, you know, talk to the youngsters, teach them how to do the things the old way. But you're never going to move forward when you're facing Mbappe and he's sprinting at a 37-year-old man. Yeah. It's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah um, but uh, they do have an exciting attack uh, with Shiro Immobile, Lorenzo Insigne. We have Andrea Bellotti. Uh, they decided to leave Moise Keane at home, but I can't blame them. As he had a good season with uh, PSG, but... He's not a goal. He's not a goal machine. Mm. Another team in the group we have Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland actually do play good football. It's kind of like it's kind of like watching a team like Burnley. It's nothing special, but it's going to be successful in the end. Uh, they have exciting players, the likes of Brilembolo, Jadon Shakiri, mm. Granit Chaka, their captain, and they could do something. They could get out of the group, but then again, we have to look at the other teams in the group where we have Turkey. Turkey, I mean, is always a mixed bag. Most of the players play in the Turkish league. So we have very few players who play outside. Maybe Hachan Chanaloglu and uh, Burak Yilmaz, who, yes, he was the spark that Lille needed to win the Liga. So he's coming into this tournament with a lot of uh, excitement, energy, being a champion. And finally, to round off the group, we have Gareth Bale and his Wales team. Now, in any other occasion, I'd have been like, yes, Wales, Italy going through. But there's a problem. Wales don't have they they don't have the generation of players they need. I mean, Aaron Ramsey is coming into the side injured, uh, so he might not play the first couple of games. Joe Allen has been playing Championship football for the past four years since he was relegated with Stoke from the Premier League. So you don't have that edge in midfield where yes, they might have heart, but they might not have the quality to pull through. And up top, you only have Gareth Bale and maybe. Dan James or Harry Wilson to come through for you. But you see, they're so short-handed that it might be a problem. Though it's good to remember that in the Euros, the number three team with the most points does get to go through. So let's see what happens. It's called rest of the rest. Yeah, so yeah. Group A involves Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Into Group B, which basically has one of the favorites in Belgium. Favorites for the tournament in Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. So the Belgians come into this tournament on a very high. Honestly, Roberto Martinez is 
looking to get out of the Belgian hot seat after mm. the Euros. So the only reason they're considered favorite is it's like a farewell tour tournament for him. <laughs> they need to. This is their golden generation. They yeah. basically need to come up with a trophy to show something for it. Yeah. And this is the perfect opportunity there to do that. And actually something else that Belgium did do was uh, bring back Thierry Henry as one of the coaches. So he could yeah. give tips to the attackers. Into, into another another team in Group E, which is uh, Denmark. The Danish have a really good team. It's a, it's a mixed blend of young talent and some experienced guys in the team with the likes of Christian Eriksen. And uh, what's is it, Yusuf Martin Brathwaite? Yeah, Yusuf Paulson. It's a good team, but making it, uh, yeah, it's the other favorites to make it out of the group because, because they have Finland and Russia are, and but, apart from the Russians, who could make a real. But don't overlook Denmark, who actually do have one yeah, of the best goalkeepers in the tournament. Yeah, they have Kaspers Michael as their goalkeeper, but yeah, honestly, it's between. Denmark and Russia for the second spot to see who will come out of the group. But Russia do have an aging side. Yeah. With so. the likes of their target man, Artem Zuba. Yes, he won the Russian League this season, but being a 34-year-old lamp post in attack, yeah. it's going to be a problem. So what do you have in Group C? Group C, uh, well, it's kind of like those, it's a group where you just know who's going to make it through. We have Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. Now, North, North Macedonia are that underdog team, which you really want to see well. But, I mean, when your biggest star is a 37-year-old Gokan Pandev. <laughs> Gokan Pandev, yeah. yeah. You're in trouble. Yes, they do have a couple of players with a good pedigree, especially when you have Ejan Alioski, who had a very impressive season with the Leeds in the Premier League. And they could do something, but it's not looking good for them. Uh, we have Austria who, okay, they are, um, again, it's one of those teams where they do have great quality with certain players, but they fall short in certain areas. Yes, you have the likes of David Alaba and Marco Anatovic, uh, Valentino Lazaro. They could do something, but when the rest of the team around you falls, you, you might not be able to make it through. Another team who has been missing for a while is, actually, I used to love watching the Ukraine. They play such good football, and I remember the days of Andriy Shevchenko. And now they do have a exciting attack with Kolom Plehanka and uh, Yamalenko in the side. So I'm really excited to see what they can do. And of course, we have the favorites to make it out of the group, the Dutch, who have, okay, yes, they've been, they have a problem with lacking Virgil van Dijk in the side. But again, Memphis Depay has been a massive help to the team, helping them come through the the qualification and all the warm-up games, scoring four goals in the past two games. And Delict and uh, what's this guy's name? De Vry have been very solid at the back, so you wouldn't even notice Van Dijk is missing. Yeah, so Group C is Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia and, and the Ukraine. And the Ukraine. Yeah. On to Group D, which I don't know what to call it. It's not the group of death yet, but it's somewhere next to that because I believe Croatia, Czech Republic, England and Scotland. Those are four very tricky teams. With England, England being the favorites to make it out of the group as the top seed. Elimination. <laughs> which leaves Czech Republic, Croatia, and Scotland. For Czech Republic, I don't know what to expect from them, honestly. I mean, this isn't the same Czech Republic team which we had seen in the early 2000s where you'd have the likes of Pavel Nedved, Thomas Rosicki. Like that. Such yeah, a good this squad. is a very young team with a mixed blend of youth, a lot of youth. They're trying to build back something, I think. Yeah, and one so, of with Patrick Schick leading the line and a very exciting midfielder in uh, Thomas Suchek, who is always good going forward and solid 
Well, so, but. yeah, I don't know what to expect from them. The other team in the group is Croatia, who Croatia. This is another aging team that age is catching up to this team, honestly. But something that is notable is the Ivan Rakitic is not going to the Euros. Yes. He's and Mario Mandzukic retired from international duty. Yeah, but they have a very young core as well. Yeah. With, uh, what's the name of this Chelsea? Rebic. Yeah, what's the name of the Chelsea? Yeah, uh, this midfielder. Kovacic. Kovacic, yeah. They have the Kovacic. There's this boy from Juventus as well. Pjanic. Not Pjanic. What's his name? <laughs> Piazza. Yeah, Marco Piazza. They have Ante Rebic in attack. Mm. So, I don't know what to expect. And also Petkovic, who's the heir to Mario Mandzukic in leading the line. And Zlachovic as well. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see what Croatia can offer. Scotland. Scotland are dark horses in this uh, tournament, actually, because Scotland have one of the... The team is quite balanced. Yes, there's no outstanding star who would be like, yes, this person is going to win it for them. But as a unit, they have one of the most solid teams the only weak spot I see with them is in goal because Craig Gordon isn't one of the best shot stoppers in the world. Yeah, and But looking at the defense, the midfield and the attack with Che Adams being the spear, the tip of the spear. Nancy is just blowing this team out of position, <laughs> but it's fine. Anyway, for your favorites to make it out of the group are basically the English with... Uh, Scotland in second. Croatia, maybe. Yeah, we'll, so we'll get to see that yeah, later. Group D includes Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. So, yeah. so tricky, tricky group over there. Let's uh, move on to Group E. So now in Group E, we have Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. Now let's start things off with Poland, which is another exciting team. I mean, for the first time watching Poland, you can see the potential of them making it through. You have the, the only potential they have is Robert Lewandowski. Uh, don't forget, you, you at first look, that's what he looks like. But uh, let's not forget the number one. We have Wojciech Szczesny or Fabianski as the options. Okay. The defenders also make sense this time with the likes of Kamal Glick and uh, the guy from Southampton. Uh, what's his name again? Um, Bednarek. Bednarek right? In midfield, you have uh, Gregor Krikowiak. You have Piotr Zielinski. I mean... Up front, you have the GOAT, greatest striker of all time in Robert Lewandowski. Poland has some of the best <laughs> players in Europe. Yes, and the as a unit, is, that's the problem. The, yeah, they've not been playing as a unit. And now if they can pull something off and just have that coalition, let's play together for one good tournament. Okay. Poland could make it to the semifinals. Okay. Another group is Slovakia. Slovakia, first of all, made it in through the playoffs, like the last game that would book them in. Mm. And they were playing Ireland and only made it through via penalties. Now, that's not exciting coming in. And when your best player is uh, Marek Hamšík, who quit top football to play in Sweden's second tier, you're in trouble from the beginning. Yes, they do have a good-looking team and a solid goalkeeper in Martin Dubravka, but I don't see them going far. And, uh, okay, Spain are back. Let's be honest. I mean, I've been skeptical with watching them for a long time, but now they're looking like they do have a unit. But the reason I don't see them going far, yes, they leave this group, that's a guarantee, but lacking the presence of a leader like Sergio Ramos is going to haunt them especially now seeing Sergio Busquets might not be available for the first couple of games, and he is the country's captain at the moment. And lacking the Real Madrid players like Carvajal, Sergio Ramos, Asensio, who could do something from the bench, though they do have a good lineup with the likes of Ferran Torres. So it's a mix of very mix. youth and 
very yeah. talented youth. So Spain are looking good. Sweden were hit with a huge blow before the tournament. Zlatan was back in the side, but picked up an injury in the end of the season and he will miss the entire tournament. So they they picked up a couple of players to replace him, tried to have a solid team that can do well like they did in the World Cup. Uh, Emil Forsberg was playing very good football uh, two days ago when they won their final warm-up game. And the only weak spot I see in this team is the defense, especially when they've gone to bring back a 37-year-old Grantvist who was immense in the World Cup. But right now he's 38, he's playing in the second tier of Swedish football. He's going to be a liability, especially with a defensive with nightmare that, like Victor Lindelof. Yeah, and uh, the Polish attack, including mm. Robert Lewandowski in the Spanish one as also. So in this group, honestly, I might see Spain and Poland coming through, though Poland might go through via the best of the rest rule. I don't see, they might miss out on second spot to... Sweden. Okay, and yeah. for your group of death, the final <laughs> group of the tournament, which is, I don't know what UEFA were thinking, but damn, this is one heck of a I, group. I feel bad for Hungary, let me just say that. <laughs> yeah, so group F contains France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. The two finalists from the last Euros. Yes. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Euros, it was the we Euro have, League. No, it was the Euros. It was the Euros when... Portugal beat. Uh, it was the Euro League in 2016. No. No, it was the yeah, Euro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Euro. So you have the World Cup winners mm-hmm. in France. You have former World Cup winners and a very revitalized German side. And then you have very talented Portugal side. Yeah. And then uh, Hungary are just there to fill the void. <laughs> but, but Hungary did do well. They did qualify uh, early on. And they did have a talented team. Yeah. So the only problem I see with them is they've left home probably one of their biggest stars in Sbozlai. Now, France are the defending champions of Copa Mundial, which mm-hmm. is the World Cup, mm-hmm. with the likes of Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe, family is back. Yeah, Karim Benzema back in the squad. They have Antoine Griezmann. As in, it's just an abundance of talent at their disposal. But they're going up against a German side, which Die basically the Mannschaft, exactly, which matches up to their talent level. But again, this isn't the same German team. There are a lot of players who are left behind, especially when you look in defense. Yes, but talent-wise, it matches up to the French side mm. because, damn, this team is stacked. And it is. so is the Portugal team looking at it. Portugal, honestly, it's... The only weakness I have, the only problem I have with them is the defense. I'm Likewise not really, I'm not really confident about it. With Germany, I am fine because you can't compare Antonio really Matt Hamels. You can't compare Matt Hamels and and what's his name? Pepe. Pepe. Hey, bro, Pepe, the star so, of Porto, no. the man who helped eliminate Real Madrid. <laughs> no, so yeah, Group F: France, Germany, Hungary, Portugal. This is the group to watch, honestly. Yeah, it is. It and is the group to watch, and if we're looking at it from an objective. Uh, perspective i think the difference in those three powerhouses will come in like you said in the defense because for like france do have a solid defense which is surprising to say because uh they've rotated the defenders from the world cup aren't the same ones who are playing in this side that's how much <laughs> talent they have that's yeah. a pool of maybe talent just luca hernandez and benjamin pavard yeah. as the fullbacks but in the middle it's a mixed bag you could have konate you could have kunde you could have like they have a good rotation Upamecano. Upamecano, yeah and then again when you look at germany antonio rudiger max hamels 
Yeah, they have uh, Klosterman, Hauptenberger. Yeah, they... And then when you look at Portugal, now that's the problem. You have Ruben Diaz, who's youthful and talented. Playing against but Pepe. Pepe experienced, but he's not as young as he used to be. And mm. there's no option off the bench. And, and the left-back position, again, it's just Rafael Guerrero as an option. Yeah, and if you look at the French attack and the German attacks, those are very fast But again, attacks. the problem in, with Germany, yes, they have all this potential. But unless uh, Thomas Muller is the point of the attack, the striker himself. And if they put Timo Werner... Ah, <laughs> yeah, so watch out for Group F. But that's it, basically. So watch out for the Euros. They kick off on Friday, Friday with the first game being Turkey against Italy. Italy yeah. yeah, we'll keep you posted. We'll give you a preview of that game on our next show. Yes. And yeah, so let's just give you a rundown of the groups again. So Group A has Italy, Switzerland, Turkey and Wales. Group B has Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. Group C has Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. D has uh, Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. E has Portland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. And F has France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. Yeah, that's your Euro roundup. Yeah. On to the next segment. Now to our last segment of the day, which is going to be a news roundup. We want to give you a roundup of what's been happening in your sports world this weekend. And yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's start off with some tennis news. The French Open, also known as the Roland Garros, has been happening ever since, is it Friday? Yeah, and there's been some huge, huge surprises so yeah. far. Even so. before uh, the tournament started, the second seed, Naomi Osaka, decided to drop out, saying uh, she had to take care of her mental state rather than yeah, participate. Yeah, but the other thing is she was threatened by the the French uh, French Open authorities mm. and told that she needs to appear to the, you know, you have media obligations. Yeah. So she wasn't comfortable with that and mm. she decided not to do that. So when she was threatened and the story came out, it blew up. And yeah, so everyone's been trying to get a hang of things in terms of mental health. And mm. plus last month was mental health awareness yeah. month. So... So it's sad to see her not participate, seeing as she was the second seed, a favorite to win. But, yeah. you know, you should always take care of yourself yeah. before that. And speaking of players who had to drop out, uh, Roger Federer, he did play the first three rounds. Uh, coming to the fourth round, he decided he'll be withdrawing from the Roland Garros, saying that he needs to take care of his body after a series of knee surgeries. Yeah. And he wasn't feeling 100%. I think tennis players, the type of players who really go under the radar because when COVID also came about tennis was affected massively we couldn't there were very huge grand slams that had to be postponed just because of COVID the players suffered in terms of their mental health some of them in terms of their physical health like Roger had to have a knee surgery which meant he pulls out of round four of the French Open. Yeah. Naomi Osaka struggled with a couple of things during the time as well, which means it's translating onto mm. the court basically for her. Yeah, so it's just been a tough year for a everyone of, yeah. and athletes out here. So, but yeah, other than the withdrawal from those two players, we have had the tournament going on. Yeah, the and tournament has been going on, and the major surprise honestly just came from the women's side last the, night. Yeah, with Serena losing to a very young. Ribakina. Razak Elina Ribakina. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah, but Serena Winning lost two and she's, straight sets. Yeah, two straight sets Serena. of six three seven five against Serena, which meant she's out of Roland Garros. Yeah. Which means we're gonna have a very different winner this year. <laughs> yeah. The but women also, pool 
yeah, the women pool is going to be very interesting with Serena Osaka not in the tournament. Mm. It gives way for either a new champion or someone who needs a momentum boost just to take away the clay court. Yeah, so you could also see Ribakina seeing that as being motivation enough to just win the whole tournament. But on the men's side, we do have some usual suspects yeah, with Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal still in the fourth round, actually, they should be playing. Uh, Djokovic's game should be going on right now with Nadal playing at 5 p.m. Mm. later today. Yeah, so that's your tennis news. On to some football news where the Premier League just issued the other day. Yeah. But we already have the kickoff dates for your next season, which is uh, when? The August 14th. August 14th for the Premier League. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to uh, what is it called? The other, what you might call it, the Championship. Yeah, the Championship. League Two. League One, League Two, and the Championship, the English Championship kickoff on the 7th of August, seven days before the Premier League. However, it has brought up some issues, especially coming through from the Championship players. Some of them will be participating in the Euros, and the Euros are set to end on July 11th. So that will give them less than a month of recovery time before they have to get into a new season. That's worse than what we had to go through last season with COVID. But you see, uh, the championships have more games because there are more teams. So 46 games to be played over the course of a year and you don't have a break in between. It's going to be heavy for some of these players. Yeah. uh, In other other news, uh, football related as well. Thomas Tuchel, Chelsea's manager, was gifted a two-year contract extension by Chelsea. He signed when he came in during the January, was it January? Yeah, or it was way January. later. Yeah, they gave him an initial 18 month contract. Mm. But after the remove, after winning the Champions League with Chelsea and uh, Roman, meeting Roman Abramovich, he was gifted a two year contract extension. Mm. So that means he's at Chelsea for the next 3.5 years. <laughs> you know what's funny? This reminds me of the last time Chelsea won the Champions League. Because you remember AVB was the manager in charge mm. and he was given an extension to his contract and he came mm. in, he was just an interim manager. Didn't end well. He didn't end well. So, I mean, <laughs> you see where this is going, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Maybe in May, Thomas Tuchel will end up managing uh, Tottenham in the next couple of weeks. Honestly, uh, there's so much happening in the world of sports. We are here to keep you updated. Follow Eat us first. on our social medias on Instagram. It's at the sports bar, KE. And, and on Facebook, Facebook it's the sports bar. bar. Lindsay had something to say. Well, because I see we might be wrapping up soon. I want to surprise you with an issue. Not your problem. You watched, uh, have you been watching the warm up games for the Euros yeah. leading up? Yeah. Let's talk about England and why I think they're going to be knocked out very early. You know what I'm gonna do? Mm. We're gonna talk about England on Friday. As for now, we honestly have to go. You don't have the time. Yeah, so follow us on our socials. Keep keep in touch with us. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll put some content out there for you guys to tell us what you think about. So yeah, see you next time from Drew as always. Me and Lisha left. Bye. Yeah. See you next time.